Welcome, I'm Eric. For over 40 years, I've lived many of my dreams by approaching life like a hero's journey. Awaken Your Myth is where I share the skills and ideas to support you in transforming your life into a hero's journey. A life that's closer to your dreams, helps others, and makes a positive impact on the world. This has been a transformational week, not just for me, but for the entire community here on the mountain. I know some of you know that we lost a very important member of our community yesterday, little Mr. Bandit, who is the dog that belongs to one of my best friends and neighbor. He was Bodie, our dog's best friend, and we all loved him. I loved him as if he was my own. I just left the little memorial service and burial that we had for him this morning. And Brent read a beautiful poem by Walt Whitman that I thought would be a great way to open today. And last week when I was away at my meditation retreat for a week. Every day we had a poetry session where we would meditate and people who wanted to could read poetry. Sometimes people sang a song. It was really beautiful. And in that spirit, I want to start with this poem by Walt Whitman. So if you feel moved to, you can close your eyes or just whatever feels comfortable for you to take it all in. The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. I too am not a bit tamed. I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last scud of day holds back for me. It flings my likeness after the rest and true as any on the shadowed winds, wilds. It coaxes me to the vapor and the dusk. I depart as air. I shake my white locks at the runaway sun. I effuse my flesh in eddies and drift it in lacy jags. I bequeath myself to the dirt to grow from the grass I love. If you want me again, look for me under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good health to you nevertheless and filter and fiber your blood. Failing to fetch me at the first, keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere waiting for you. I love Walt Whitman. There was somebody who led life as a hero's journey. (laughs) He was always going against the grain and just an amazing poet as well. So today we're talking about the hero's journey. And I just want to let you know a little bit about me, if you don't know me already, and a little bit about my style. There aren't going to be any slides today. There isn't going to be any strict form to this. So if you have a question, feel free to raise your hand and we can do that anytime, but there will be a time for questions at the end. And there may be times where I ask in the chat if you want to answer a question from from me. My name is Eric and I live here in Northern California in the place I love the most in this world. 40 acres back at the end of a 15-mile dirt road. And this was always my dream. This was where my hero's journey was headed for many years. Everything I did was to move toward this. And that informed about half of what I learned about the hero's journey. And that half was the part about the journey through the world. And once I got here, realizing my dream and finding out that 
everything I hoped for, everything I had been looking for, I had, but I still wasn't happy. Getting everything I wanted in the world only taught me that wasn't what I wanted. And that's what drove me inside. And I started I started my podcast, Listen to Sleep. Some of you may know my bedtime stories and meditations that I do there out of a desire to do something to help others and to use my own gifts to create something that was uniquely mine. And that turned out to be amazing. But again, it was only part of the way there towards what I had been searching for 40 years when my great aunt Kim set me on this hero's journey. I was 22 and just about to move to Los Angeles to become an actor after I graduated from with a theater degree. And she told me, I don't recommend coming down here and throwing yourself into this rat race. I think you should go out and live life like a hero's journey. And Take what you learn and bring it back to your acting one day if you want to, but bring it back to everyone. Share your gifts with everyone from what you learn, not from just chasing this one goal, because I've seen it crush too many people, and it crushed me. And she was an Academy Award-nominated actress. Of course, I didn't take her advice anyway. I was getting ready to move to LA, and then things happened in life, and I ended up taking her advice because life made me take her advice. And long story short, the last part of bringing everything together for me was becoming a mindfulness teacher and finding that one element of going within and being able to answer the question, who am I? Because my hero's journey hadn't led me to that. And that is the true ending point of every hero's journey. So that's what we're here for today and over the next four weeks this month. I want to let you guys know also that I have a coaching program coming up this summer that starts on June 14th, my little brother's birthday. He would have been 50 this year. And you're. I would love it if you want to join that, but these workshops aren't a, they're not to sell that. I'm going to go over everything that's in the program and that we're going to be doing in the workshops as a community in these free workshops. And if you have any questions or you want more support, feel free to, to let me know and reach out. I'm going to have a handout for you that you can download tomorrow on the website when, when I post this recording. You don't need to take notes if you don't want to, and there'll be a recording. So feel free to just sit back and enjoy. So the hero's journey. The hero's journey is the oldest story we tell as people. It is about our journey through the outside world to finding out who we are inside. It's something that's been left to us by our ancestors. It is it is literally the oldest story we tell. There's a story called the Epic of Gilgamesh that is Babylonian or Sumerian. And it's the oldest recorded story, and it is a hero's journey story. It's also the story we tell all the time in movies today, like The Wizard of Oz, the all the Star Wars movies are hero's journey stories. And the hero's journey came out of the work of Joseph Campbell, who studied the mythologies of cultures all over the world and realized that there were some very similar elements to all of these mythologies. And they all had a similar story arc. And that story arc started in the ordinary world, right where you and I are today. And that's because it's meant to be a guidepost for everyone. It's meant to be a way to let you know that you can move out of where, wherever you are today and use that to find yourself. And you don't have to leave 
your actual physical place, but it's the way you journey through the world you live in. And a good analogy for this is, are you familiar with Plato's thought experiment? He said that we are all like people who were born and raised in a cave facing a wall. And behind us, there were lights, fires burning, and people walking by with, with objects and doing things. And all we ever saw was the shadows. And so we think that the shadows are reality. But the hero's journey is about taking off that self-imposed collar that's holding us staring at the wall and turning around and walking out of the cave and finding out what reality really is. So many things point to this, from Plato to the story of Christ to Star Wars. And so that first part is the ordinary world. It's important to know that nothing, nothing different needs to happen before your journey starts. It starts today in the world that you live in, the world that I live in. And as a matter of fact, you're on a journey already. You're in the ordinary world. It's taking the next step that really starts the journey. And the next step is the, the call to adventure. It is where life asks you if you would like to move forward. Sometimes it feels like it's forcing us to move forward, but life presents an opportunity, or sometimes it's like what happened to us this week. It's not an opportunity. It's, it's grief or it's sadness. It's a chance to look within at reality. And we have two options when this happens, right? We can resist, which is something I did for many years. I treated life as a problem. And in my mind, I thought I could fix that problem. Or we can yield to life. And instead of yielding to our doubts and fears, we yield to our intuition. We yield to our inner knowing. We let life unfold as it is. We accept it. So when the call to adventure comes, frequently there is a refusal of the call. This is another part of the next part of the hero's journey. And that refusal of the call is where we get to look at our own resistance. It's where we get to look at our own fear and say, how do I get past this? The best way to get past that is with support. To be around people who understand what you're going through, that you are living life as a hero's journey, and that they support that. So building a network of people who support your journey is so important because we're constantly starting new hero's journeys in life. And to be able to take that first step and cross the threshold into the journey, that takes, it takes courage, but it also takes help. It also takes community and support. So when we take that step and we cross the threshold, then there's no going back. There's not a way that we could go back to the way life was and have it be the same. Again, community becomes very important, but this is also where life opens up and brings mentors. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Someone comes into your life and says, we can do this together. And here, I've been there. I'll show you how. Yoda. And then there's the trials and the challenges, you know, but now you've mustered the courage, you've taken the first steps. Now it just involves continuing to yield to our intuition and not yielding to our fears and our doubts. It's staying on that path as we approach the innermost cave, as we approach the dragon as we approach that thing that life has set up for us. It's beautiful the way it works. The thing we're the most scared of, the thing that 
makes us go, nope, nope, is the thing that holds the key to us knowing more about who we are. And when we resist, and when we just go into our minds and go, okay, I can solve this. I can, life is a problem and I can solve it with thinking. It, it never gets solved because we ultimately never know who we are. And we're taking a tool, the mind, the ego, that's really meant for problem solving on a completely different level. Not like, what am I going to do with my life? But like, how am I going to get from here to the grocery store and back? How am I going to write this paper, or put my thoughts about this thing in order? That's what our mind is. It's a tool. But when we identify with it, and we say, my mind is me, my thoughts are me, now we're all of a sudden at an incredible disadvantage for living authentically. Because we're, instead of being who we are tackling a problem with a tool that won't even fix it. So as we find that thing that is the biggest challenge, the innermost cave, the dragon in our hero's journey that we're on, and we move through that. And sometimes it changes us in ways we don't even know, but we allow it. We allow it to change us. We embrace transformation. Then it's time to integrate that transformation. And this is where a word that used to really trigger me comes into this, and it's atonement. And for the longest time, I was just like, atonement for your sins, this the whole idea of what atonement is in Christianity. And that is a part of it. But the bigger part of it is an at-one-ment. It's taking all of this transformation and bringing it together in healing, in a way to know who we are on a deeper level. So at-one-ment, that's that bringing together of of all the changes we've been through, of everything that has been a part of our hero's journey and integrating it into who we are. And a lot of times that means looking at our shadow. And our shadow, I was very afraid of shadow work for a long time because it, it seems like only things you don't wanna know. But really, some of our greatest potential is also in our shadow. For me, for example, this whole journey of creating Awaken Your Myth has been a hero's journey for me. And part of the shadow at, at one mint that I came up against, and part of the dragon that I had to embrace was not feeling like I was good enough. Like, I'm, can I do this? Like, I'm not that guy. And I was holding on to stuff from when I was 10 years old and felt like I wasn't good enough. And I would get those feelings and they would turn me into a 10-year-old again. And I would act like that 10-year-old and I'd wanna go and hide. And what I realized is that those feelings are not the thoughts that come with them. Those feelings are just sensations in my body. And what I do about those feelings is up to me. And when I started to get into the gap with my mindfulness practice that exists between feelings and thoughts and actions, I realized, oh, I can have a completely different experience of this same thing that my whole life has kept me from doing things because I was scared and because I felt like that 10-year-old. So that's the value of at one minute, the healing stage of the hero's journey. And then finally, the last part is returning back to the ordinary world, transformed, a completely new person who has learned who they are and comes back with the gifts of their journey to give to the community. It's a beautiful story about how any of us can do that and not just get to find out who we are on a journey through the outside world that starts with exactly where we are and requires nothing special. We also get to share what we learned with others. And that 
can change the world. So I want to talk a little bit about embracing your own hero's journey. How do we do that? For me, the most important part is our personal myth. What are we starting with? And our personal myth is basically the story we tell ourselves about who we are, our purpose, and our place in the ordinary world. It's, it, it has things as simple as I am a podcaster, but it also has things as complex as our deepest secret, our deepest fear, our deepest longing. And when we can take a look at that personal myth and start reflecting on who we are, on what parts of that are serving us, what parts might be holding us back, limiting our potential, what kind of common themes or patterns can we see in our life and how we think and talk about ourselves. That's our personal myth. And the best way to, to get into our personal myth is through some sort of mindfulness practice, because that allows us to start to cut the connection between our mind and our thoughts and our ego and who we are. It allows us to get enough distance, a gap between our ego and our intuition, our true self, that we can start to see where one ends and the other begins, where one is influencing us in ways we might not want and where another might be able to influence us in ways that we do want. And that mindfulness practice can be as simple as just sitting and watching your breath for a few minutes every day. Or it doesn't even need to be a sitting. It can be walking. It can be rock climbing. It can be anything that focuses you on your own journey, that focuses you on who you are in the moment, not your thoughts. So a mindfulness practice is great. And that is something, if you want guided meditations, there are so many of them on listentosleep.com, guided mindfulness meditations, and they're all free. So that's a great place to start, or Insight Timer has lots, but some kind of a mindfulness practice is a great way to start identifying not just our personal myth, but when that call to adventure comes, we want to be mindful. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to let fear jump in and shut the door before we even noticed that it was there. So I think that if we can if we can cultivate that mindfulness, we've got a huge, a huge benefit right off the bat. Mindfulness is just a great way to always be able to come back to who we are and to that place inside of us that can can see our ego, can see our fears, can, and so we don't miss when the call to adventure comes. We're there, we're present, and we know that it's there. And then it's about cultivating yielding. Now, yielding is something that is counterintuitive in a lot of these situations because for example, for example, if if we are challenged what recently happened here on the mountain, if there's some kind of extreme loss and if this were 10 years ago, I would just be telling myself a story like, it's okay. He had a good life and I'll just, we'll have other dogs. And I would be in cheering up mode, not acceptance and being with. And the difference between accepting and being with and just going into thoughts of trying to make it go away is profound. And mindfulness allows that space. Yielding to those kind of situations allows that to happen. Instead of resisting, 
instead of trying to change, just saying, okay, I'm going to yield to my intuition here. I'm going to yield to my heart. I'm not going to yield to my fears, my doubts, or, or anything else that is coming from my mind about trying to make this go away. I'm going to accept what's happening and be here with this. That allows us to embrace the challenges and trials that are coming along the way on our hero's journey. We've set it up with a mindfulness practice and an attitude of yielding, which is a skill we can cultivate. And in the end, yielding becomes surrender. But surrender isn't something we can do. Surrender is only something we can be willing to do, something that we can give into when asked. And so yielding is the first steps for that, so that we can cultivate yielding by consciously yielding to our inner voice, yielding to our intuition, and not yielding to our doubts and our fears. Then it's about seeking that guidance and mentorship, keeping our eyes open for who's there in our life, who's stepping forward to help us. And if they're not stepping forward, who could we ask? Who could we say, I know that you have been on this path before, or I know that what you know or who you are can help me get to where I want to go, can help me on my journey. It's about nurturing and developing those, the attitude that sees that in the world, and then moving into actually using what the world is presenting. And that allows us to discover and embrace the transformation that's happening in our lives. Again, it's about acceptance, right? We're moving on this journey. It's all about acceptance. It's about how can we continue to to nurture the gifts that transformation brings us? How do we continue on our journey of healing? Again, a community comes in so much in healing. So many times when we're alone, it's just hard to keep that perspective that allows us to heal because we get so wrapped up in our own fears, our own sadness, our own thoughts. And having that heart to heart connection with other people who are, who see the world the way you do, who are on a journey the way you're on a journey is huge benefit, huge benefit. And lastly, we're returning to the community with our gifts. What did we learn? For me, with Awaken Your Myth, this was what I learned. Through Janelle and I were in the mindfulness certification class that I finished last year. And that was the final challenge for me that allowed Awaken Your Myth to come to fruition. This is my gift to the community. This is what I'm bringing back and saying, hey, we can do it this way and we can do it together. And I know that it works because I did it. And all of this is only coming from my own experience. This isn't some kind of theoretical thing or I wonder if or, and I'm not telling you anything you need to believe. I'm just saying, Look at your own experience. Bring some mindfulness to it and see what happens. Follow your own experience because your answers are going to be yours. I couldn't tell you what your hero's journey is going to be. You're going to tell you what your hero's journey is going to be. Everyone's is different. But the unique part of it is only the unique situation of who you are, because we're all different, but we're also all the same. And that part of us that is the same is what we're connecting with here. It's me going, this is what I learned. And I want to know what you've learned. And let's share those things. And let's support each other in looking at life this way and growing and then bringing that back to the world and making a positive difference in our own lives and in the world. And lastly, the the thing I've added to it is storytelling. Because 
I think that telling our stories is so valuable. And I want to help people tell better stories, create better personal myths, and have an experience of life that feels more vibrant, more authentic, more successful, more heart-centered. And together we can do that. And telling our story doesn't just inspire other people, it inspires us. Because just because we fin- just because I finished this hero's journey and now I'm at the last part of it, it's only the beginning of the next one. There's no end to it until lights out and I wind up in the ground. So that just continues to be the way we all move forward, the way life unfolds in every moment. And let's, I can talk a little bit about sharing our story, and then we'll go to questions. Unless anybody has a question now, we can stop real quick and um, answer some questions if you like. Jonah, hey, how are you? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Perfect. So yeah, I'm quite fine. The question I had is that I had an experience with mindfulness that kind of that I had to reframe my my definition of what is mindfulness because my definition was I'm going into mindfulness and everything's going to be fine. And mm-hmm. I'd experienced that at some point I was like, actually, all that mindfulness does for me is it creates it creates a more space for me to experience what is going on. So if I feel sad, I'm not going to feel not sad through mindfulness. I'll experience it in a way that is acceptable. And that was something different for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just hit it right on the head, what mindfulness is. For many years, I couldn't meditate. As a matter of fact, when I first started the program that Janelle and I were in, every time we would do a body scan meditation or any meditation really to start class, I would fall asleep. And it was my own resistance to not wanting to see those parts of me that was just like, nope. Because resistance ultimately is a defense mechanism that a part of us is mounting to save what it thinks is what to save us from what it thinks is something that isn't good. I don't want you to be sad. I don't want you to be angry. I don't want you to be sorry. I don't want it's I don't. That's what resistance is. And mindfulness is saying, I do what is here. And so it's about going through those those times of being with that deep sadness. That's been the last two days for me. Incredible waves of sadness, but no resistance. And that sadness comes through and then it's gone. And then it comes back again and it's gone. But there's almost like an underlying level of joy to it in being able to experience it and feel it deeply. And all the love for Bandit that comes with that sadness, all the love for Brent and the grief for his loss. Those are things I didn't used to let myself feel because I was like, I don't want, I don't want that. Mindfulness cracks us open enough to allow us to start feeling that. So you're absolutely right. That's what mindfulness is good for. One of the many things that mindfulness is good for and a great reason to develop a practice. Did anybody else have a question or do you want to move on to storytelling? Okay, we'll move on. This, we'll do about about five or 10 minutes of this. Just we'll cover it real quickly because I'm also going to cover it in the last workshop. I want to, but I want to give you a, enough so that today you can go away from this with the basics of what this is and start with with a, a, the process of awakening your own personal myth and starting to live your life more like a hero's journey, if that's something that you're interested in after all this. So the first part is acceptance. In any story, it's about acknowledging what's actually happened. So the storytelling process starts with, okay, 
what happened? What were the events that shaped me? Good, bad, in between. Reflecting and recognizing their role is really important. Then we want to find the connections. Because in telling a story, it helps to have to see what led to what. And when it's actually happening to us in life, it's hard to see that. We don't usually see what led to what until hindsight. But when we're telling a story, it's good to look at it that way. What are the connections? How do we bring them out and highlight them? For example, for me, it's I go back almost 40 years to my aunt telling me, go out, live life like a hero's journey. And then all those years of doing what I thought was living life like a hero's journey, but I was really looking for pleasure as happiness and not finding the inner peace that I really wanted and just looking in the wrong places. And so it's finding those connections that for 20 years, I didn't find it, but I can find it now. And by sharing it with someone else, I might be able to save them 20 years and say, hey, I tried that. And this was what I found. It may be different for you, but here's my experience. And you want to draw out the themes. Like that's a theme. That search for pleasure does not bring peace. So we want to draw the themes out of our story. And then find a way to talk about how our story changed us, to share that transformation in a real and vulnerable way. You know, what's different? For me, it's that I don't go running to look for pleasure now when I have displeasure. I don't, I'm not like, oh, let's have a drink or let's go do something or zone out or just pick up my phone and scroll, scroll. Sure, I do that sometimes. We all do. But I don't rely on it and I don't expect it to make anything better. As a matter of fact, I know differently. I know it won't. And I know what will. And that's the growth and transformation that came out of that. And then it's about bringing that whole thing together. How can you tell it in a way that's honest and real and uniquely yours? It's your story. How is it? How is it yours? And look for those aspects of it that are descriptive and real and let people be there in in that moment where your transformation happened. Because that's also going to remind you. It's also going to make you remember that like for me, the, that the feeling of being unworthy or unable to do what I wanted to do was very much tied to this time when I was probably 10 years old and I took over the neighbor's paper route for a week while he and his family were on vacation. And I was so nervous and upset the night before. I was just like, I couldn't do it. And that just stayed with me. I was like, and I got through it. I did the paper route for a whole week. And by the end of it, it wasn't even a problem. But something about the trauma of it, that that night before the first night, I was up most of the night, it just stuck with me. And it was the root of what was like, I can't do the things I want to do. I'm not good enough to do that. And once I saw that connection to, oh, yeah, that's who that is. That's that 10-year-old kid. I could give him a big hug and say, ah, you know what? We're not 10 years old anymore. And you actually did pretty good with that when you did it. So let's be with those feelings and not go off on those thoughts and see how it goes. And then it's about sharing your story. Where do you want to share your story? For me, I love to share my story in places like this with small communities live. I also love to share my story on social media. I do a lot of videos. I love making videos. And so I do a lot of videos on Instagram and TikTok. And TikTok was such an unexpected surprise for me because when I was, I don't know, I guess it was in the middle of the pandemic, while I was in the mindfulness class, somebody said to me, you should get on TikTok to promote your podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Sure. It was, it's like mostly Gen Z kids and me. 
<laughs> Gen X wizard. And I had the best time because the kids were so amazing. And I got to meet so many Gen Z kids who asked me, hey, how did you get where you are? And I said, I could tell you how, but that wouldn't work for you because that was all based on my situation at the time. But I could tell you why. And I could tell you what you could do to get closer to your dreams. And that was also a part of what led to Awaken Your Myth. And so that's mostly what I talk about on, on social media. And then it's also great for days like yesterday where I was having so much grief and I needed to just do something to get it out. And I couldn't, I couldn't really do anything other than make a video honoring Bandit. And half a million people saw that. And Brent and I got condolences from 5,000 people all over the world for a little dog who they never met. But he touched their lives too through social media, through stories. Yeah, it's incredible. And these days, there's so many storytelling mediums. If videos or talking aren't your thing, you can write. You can have a blog, you can have a, a website, whatever you want, a newsletter. That's a little bit about the power of storytelling. And I think in closing on storytelling, I want to say that storytelling is important and our stories are important. But what's more important is holding our stories lightly. Because even our stories of what we dream, of who we are, of what we've done, they aren't who we are. Our stories are not us. Who we are is deeper than that. Who we are is bigger than that. And our stories are just a reflection of who we are. And when we can tailor that reflection to something that's closer to our authentic self, it begins to reflect our authentic self back to us and bring that more easily out into the world that, frankly, does not support authenticity. But we can bring it anyway. And we can bring it wholeheartedly and with confidence and an open heart. So that concludes today's workshop. I'm sorry if it was a little disjointed. I didn't get much sleep this week. And like I said, I just, just kind of had a lot of grief. But I also knew that I could share with you where I'm at and who I am and that, that that would be okay. This was not ever anything I was worried about. And I want to thank you all for being here and giving me this space and supporting me and Awaken Your Myth and all of it. So we've got a few minutes for questions, if anybody has any. And they could be about anything. They don't have to be about what we talked about today. Sure. Let's see. Go ahead, Kiki. Hi. Hi. Just wondering how... You get to the point where you stop. At the beginning, you were talking about life, seeing life as a problem. Yeah. How do you stop seeing life as a problem when there's so many problems going on in your life? Yeah. I keep, just yesterday, I had a conversation with my boyfriend where I was, he was like, oh, you should be able to be happy anywhere, no matter what you have or no matter what you're doing or all the problems that you have. And I was like, no, I can't get there. I'm not, I have too many issues where there's so many needs that I haven't met in my life that like, I can't get to that point. And so I'm just wondering like how you can get to the point where you don't see life as a problem, even though life is kind of feels like a problem. Yeah, no, I get it. I absolutely get it. And that's really where the hero's journey comes in. That's where all of this kind of is it's starting right there. Life feels like a problem. It is a problem to me now. And so when you that for this journey of yours, that's your call to action. Life is a problem and I would like it to not be. Okay. How do I get there? What's the first step I can take to life not being a problem? That And the first step might be more, more mindfulness, or it might be 
getting a different job, or it might be a combination of things, but it's about looking at that as if that's your call to adventure. I, okay, this is my challenge. This is the thing I'm resisting. Boy, life is a problem. And I really feel like I need to use my mind to solve it, but my mind is not solving it. What if we try it a different way? And what if we try it in a community of people who are also supporting looking at life that same way and can help me stay on track, can help me show up and be my most authentic self, can help me be more connected to my intuition instead of my doubts. Does that make sense? Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Jonah, hey. All right. Can you hear me? I can. All right. Perfect. So I just want to share my experience of something that happened today, which let me here, which is I didn't plan this at all. So my bike, my lock got stuck and I couldn't use my bike for weeks. So I went to the, to the repair store. And mm -hmm. today I went there and in that moment, it was surreal. In that moment where the repair yeah, technician cut the lock, in that moment, like also something in, within me, like the, the lock was cut and I was able to open up to an experience which had like me stuck in my head for two weeks, three weeks. Wow. completely like in the turmoil where it was like, how can I figure this out? And then it just happened. And then I later on, I looked at on my phone. I was like, oh, wait, Eric is doing a, a seminar tonight. And it all fell into place. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to go through the turmoil to learn what actually it was about till it can leave you. There is no definite timeline. You just have to go through the motions. That's what I learned. It was something surreal. Yeah. That's that's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it. And I've found that same thing myself so many times in life. And sometimes those times lasted for 20 years, not three weeks. And so really, it's being open to that is a huge part of seeing life as a hero's journey and going, that really happened. Not just, oh, that didn't, that, uh, yeah, well, that was weird, but it didn't mean anything. It's going, yeah, that actually really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for hearing. <laughs> Lisa Jane. Hey. Hi. I just wanted to share with you, last night I clicked onto Instagram real quick and I saw your video about Bandit and I just watched about half of it and was like, oh God. And I was just going to keep scrolling because I love dogs and it was like, there's nothing sadder and I can't watch this. But I went back to it and I watched the whole thing and I was sobbing like I could feel your pain. And But the amazing thing that happened was that, that there was so much beauty in like the loss of Bandit. And I'm 59 years old and I've never really seen any beauty in pain and suffering before, but I've heard people talk about that. And I like, I got it. And I don't really know how to put it all into words, but it's the first thing that I thought of when I woke up this morning. It's just like that little dog taught me that there is beauty in pain. Thank you. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. You taught me what to do. Yeah. And again, that's the kind of stuff that comes from going, it's okay to go deeper with this. It's okay to not look away. It's okay to say, this is real, and I accept it. So thank you so much for that. And I'm so glad that you had that happen for you, because it's a beautiful thing where you can find a, like a, almost a peace and a joy in sadness and pain. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much. I also want to say a little shout out here to my parents, Elsa and Kim, who showed up to support me today. Very excited that they were here and that all of you are here. There's you shout out for us. <laughs> There's my dad. <laughs> and I really appreciate that you took the time out of your day to come here and, and join me. 
And Milu, thank you so much. I thank you for your message. I haven't actually seen all the messages because I was having a little bit of a trouble focusing anyway, but I will go through them when it's over. If there was anything in there that you asked me that you didn't get answered, you can ask me now or, or we can wind up. Does anyone else have any other questions? All right. Wonderful. Let's take just, let's take a minute just to be together and take a few deep breaths as we go out into the world, taking these moments of connection, openness, and togetherness with us into the rest of our day. As you might hear Bodhi scratching back there. <laughs> the perfect ending to this, I think. So thank you very much, everyone. Next week, there's going to be another workshop for the next four weeks. I've staggered them for people in different time zones. So next week, we're going to be doing this at 6 p.m. Pacific time, and then back to 12 p.m. the week after, and they go back and forth like that so that people, I know, I think it'll probably be more convenient for Janelle. It won't be so early in the morning that it's dark. And I know there's some people in Turkey who wanted to come and all that. So trying to hit all the time zones. And then in the actual six-week coaching journey, we're going to determine the live sessions based on kind of everyone who's in it, what works for the majority of people, and we'll make sure everybody is accommodated. So thanks so much, everyone. I hope to see you next week. If you have any questions during the week, please feel free to reach out to me via email or on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If this helped you, please follow the podcast and share it with a friend. And if you feel sometimes like you're not living up to your full potential, you're not alone. To get support for your journey of self-discovery, Come join us at awakenyourmyth.com.